Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, everybody, this is exciting. Um, I have a dear friend in our ward, uh, Lene Hyatt, and she gave an incredible talk a couple Sundays ago. And she is amazing about family history work. And I asked her if she would come on my podcast and share some stories with all of you and share her enthusiasm that she has for this work. And maybe it will spark something in all of us to get out there, do some work and different ways that we can help because Lene will know different avenues that we can go to try to gather our family history and do the work for our ancestors. So Lene, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. So Lene, just so people can get to know you a little bit, can you share a little bit about your life in sense of like, where did you grow up? Talk a little bit about your family and then, um, we'll go from there. I was born in Utah. I grew up in Honeyville, Utah, tiny little town. And my great aunts and uncles were all up and down the street from us. Oh. And my grandparents lived next door and, um, they had eight kids, so they were always coming to visit. So I was just, yeah, it was great. You had an ideal childhood. I certainly did. It was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so where did you fall in the birth order? How are you the oldest, the middle youngest? I'm um, the second of how many kids of four kids. Okay. So, and I just got back from, uh, Sedona, Arizona, just yeah. got where my sisters and I met and the daughter of our oldest sister who has passed on. And we spent a week together in Sedona. Oh my gosh. I love that. Lene Sedona is so beautiful. It was 80 degrees. It was lovely. <laughs> okay. So Lene, did you always imagine that you would stay in Utah? So what brought you from Utah to Oregon? I always thought there were more beautiful places than Utah. <laughs> and I met my husband at Utah State. And when he graduated, he got a job out here at Corbett High School. Oh. And came out. So in 1967, we'd been married two years by then. And you have never left? Um, We left for one year and went to Colorado Springs and came back. But that was when, that was like 45 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So Lene, just because everybody doesn't know you like I do. Um, how many children do you have? And were you, what did you do? I, were you a stay at home mom? Did you have a career? Can you share with everybody a little bit about you? I, um, had six kids 
And um, off and on through our marriage, I worked. And then about the time our youngest was in school, I started working at Mount Hood Community College. And I worked in the admissions office. And for the last 10 or 12 years I was there, I was a veterans rep. So I helped the veterans get their benefits. All in May. That's awesome. I did not know that. When did you leave that job? Um, I retired when I was 62. Okay. Went back and worked with the, with the night instructors for a while. And yeah, it, it's been probably 10 years since I've worked there now. Wow. Okay. So when you were a young girl, did you have a fascination with family history work? I mean, what, what did you know? Did you know anything? When did you start sparking a desire to kind of get into this? Um, actually, I, I really don't think I did. Fam, I just, I, family was just a part of life. I mean, at the church in Honeyville, there's a big monument to my great, 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 great grandfather is five wives. And uh, I mean, the kids in our the class that we grew up with, half of us were descended from him, at least. And um. I had an aunt on the other side, my aunt Matilda that I mentioned in my talk. Yeah. And she she did lots of genealogy. I truly thought that quarter of the line was just done, right? No. Then she asked me if I spoke Danish, which was quite shocking to me. (laughs) Uh, I didn't. But she... uh, um, I, I, it was, I think when I got my patriarchal blessing, which was shortly before Lamar and I got married and it said in there that I had all these, I came now and had all these great and wonderful ancestors who were depending on me to do their work. But I got to tell you, finding them is tricky. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Yeah, it's, people have, I have, when I signed up for Roots Tech this year, there were 23,000 relatives of mine also signed up. Oh my gosh, Lene. So. (laughs) So when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s, did you go to the Family History Center at the Stake Center or did you do anything like that? I did. I went to the Family History Center. And there was a lady in our ward then whose name was Jackie Evans, who was great with genealogy work. And she, in her innocence, said, well, let's just print out what, what's in. It wasn't family search then, but let's print out what's your family tree. Well, it was, we, we were in the library printing on one of those little printers that goes, we were there for hours 
uh, we got home so late. It got so late. We couldn't even call our husbands. So when I got home, Lamar is sitting, <laughs> sitting on a couch saying, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> and I had stacks of genealogy. Oh my gosh. So it's, yeah, I've, yeah, it's always been a little intimidating. And, and if you try and go straight back, it's, um, I mean, there were the brick walls, but all of those were like in the 1600s. So, <laughs> yeah. You couldn't penetrate those so well. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And when they did get penetrated, I doubted them for a while. So, <laughs> okay. So can you share some, when did you start diving really deep? Like, was it after you retired? It wasn't after I retired. I actually got called as a family history consultant. And when was that? Oh gosh. It was like, I would, it, it has to be 20 years ago. So, Probably. so in your fifties, you were called to be a family history consultant. Mm -hmm. And for years I went to the library and I worked every Wednesday night with Becky and Dean Perry. Oh yeah. And so for years and, uh, um, I, I'm still going out once a week. Now, Whitney Kelson is going with me and yeah, I miss Becky. You miss Becky. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. So tell me, um, what are some, you shared a story um, in your talk. I would love for you to share some different stories because I feel like in the story that you share, it ignites people to want to know more about their families. So can you share some of the stories that you've experienced in your process of trying to discover family members? I was pretty discouraged with the, I mean, my, my patriarchal blessing promises all these people who are waiting, right? And I am having trouble finding many of them. So, and it's not terribly rewarding to try and look back in language you don't you don't speak um so i had a great great grandfather and i have two books that here at my desk that have been written about him and his name was abraham hunsaker and i and he had 14 well, there were 14 siblings in the family and i thought just go through all of those there will be censuses there will be marriage records there will be birth records they were here in the united states that is my only line that has been here since the revolutionary war um and before so i started going through everything i could find child by child by child so i got to about the middle of the family. And there was a son named Joseph Hunsaker. And he had, he was in a house with a tiny baby. And I knew that in two months, 
he was going to leave and lead a wagon train here to Oregon from Illinois. So I looked and looked and looked for that baby. Nowhere in his life after that does it mention that baby that I found. So I went on through the other brothers and sisters. And when I got to one of the younger sisters, the one who stayed back in Illinois, there was a little girl named Mary, and that was her name. And so I kept looking to see if it was her. And on different censuses, it has different information. And I found one that said Mary was a niece. Well, her name was uh, unusual. Mary Frances Rampy was her name. And so because that was so different, I found her death record. And with her death record, I found the name of her parents, which was Joseph Fensaker and, and Sarah Frances Rampy. And um, had Sarah passed away? Sarah, I found a death record for her. She right after the baby was born, it said of consumption. I I don't know. I always wondered if it really was childbirth or if she did have consumption, but, but that's what the death record said. So Lene, what is, can you tell me what, and for those listening to what is consumption? It's um, consumption is, I think the modern day term for it, it's a, a disease of the lungs and it's often, often fatal. Okay. And it's, They've gone back and forth between thinking it's really catchy to not so much. So I, I'm not an expert on consumption, but I do know that. And there would be big, there were places in the West where they had um, waters that they figured were more healthy to soak in if you had consumption. consumption. Yeah. There were hospitals for it. Wow. So she dies of consumption. That's what the death record said. Mm -hmm. And the husband has the baby and then he leaves and leads a wagon crane with several of his brothers and sisters here to Oregon. And I never hear of the baby until I find her in his younger sister's house. And every year she'd show up there. And when she, years later, she was a housekeeper. And, and uh, I, I, I don't know the story of it. I, I would love to, but I can tell you that when I did, my sister and I, you know, Valerie, went, went to the temple she did Sarah, the mother, and I did Mary, the daughter. And I just truly felt that that was the first time she really had her own family. Wow. So you sealed her to her biological mother who had died of consumption. Right. And her father. Mm -hmm. Did you share your, like, how did you feel inside as you're finding this information and finding this missing baby? 
At first, it was really frustrating to me that he was there alone with the baby and what the heck happened to the baby. It was frustrating. And I kept looking and looking. And when I found her, I just felt like I'd found a treasure. And here books are written about this man. And, and Abraham Hunsaker went to the Logan Temple as soon as it was finished and did work for his family, a lot of temple work for his family. But they had been missed. Maybe after he had left, it was after he had left for Utah. And so he maybe just, he didn't know about the baby? Maybe he didn't. Yeah. Wow. But the father Joseph didn't do any work or try to get her back. Not that I ever found. He, he ended up here in Oregon. This is where he lived and he um, married somebody else and had a family and all of that is recorded, but never anything about Sarah and Mary. Wow. So when you and Valerie went to the temple and did that work for them, did you just feel this complete joy in your heart? Yes, I did. I did. That was a wonderful, wonderful day. And, and that's the only way you can get, I think, to joy like that. Wow. Can you share some more stories, Lene? Um. A lot of the stories are backwards from that. <laughs> like uh, mm, the time I went in and and found two daughters with the same name and the same family and in Denmark. And the more I looked, the more I realized somebody had added a whole second family that lived not in that town, but in a town away. So I separated them and now their families can find them. But, but. Uh, so how did they blend the family? Like, did somebody think that they were the same people? Is that what they, they thought? Did. I don't even recall the mother's names being the same. But the father's names were the same. But have you ever done any Danish genealogy? No, no. I've done Canadian and your and uh, English. <clears throat> well, um, if uh, Jens Nielsen had a son, his son would be Hans Jensen. So you couldn't follow the Nielsen line and find that family back and forth. And then they add extra names that in the, and they're called temporary names. I just found out. Um, <clears throat> so Sony is big in our family. The name Sony, the name Sony. And, uh, um, uh, I've been trying to figure out what that means, but uh, anyway, the names are very difficult and they don't have a huge pool of names. So there can be 12 Jens Nielsen's in the country of Denmark 
in the 1700s at the same time. So, and, but if they live in different towns, then, and they're having families at the same time, it's a pretty good guess that they're two different men. Wow. That's, I discovered that all these children that somebody added in to the man with the right name uh, lived in a different town and had a mother with a different name. So. so how far back does your Danish roots go? Is it back into the 1400s, 1300s? Where, where does it kind of switch? I have to tell you what Steve did. Steve Johnson. Yes. He, uh, he had a nephew who's just getting back into the church. And he wants to interest him in genealogy. So on Mother's Day, he brought me, um, actually, he brought me this book. And it is a notebook filled with one of my lines going back to Adam. So this Danish line that I thought was always super humble are descended from kings, from royalty in Germany and France. And from the high kings of Ireland, I mean, I always thought I didn't have any Irish. And there was Spain in there, which on my DNA results, it said I had 10% Iberian Peninsula. And I'm going, where could that come from? So now we know. How so did Steve get that information? He got it on Family Search. He followed lines until. He found the ones that go back to Adam. And I think he said he found eight lines in our family and his family. So, yeah. So you, was, you do have a ton of work to do, don't you? <laughs> well, you can't. You can't do anything from the 1500s. That has to be done in Salt Lake because it's so iffy. It's it, just, it it's is. just uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. But there are the work that's left to do now. Not completely. For one thing, I found my, I find mistakes all, all, all the time. Like what kind of mistakes? Um, like my father is youngest and his eight brothers and sisters maybe 11, I don't know, but uh, twice I've had to go in and take people off. They have added um, actually nieces and nephews in as children in that family. So people do that and, and like adding whole families because the fit name is the same and they're both from Denmark and and maybe they're both from the same, I, I don't know if they call them counties in Denmark. So, I mean, you just have to look close and make sure that things are accurate. Have you felt the spirit of Elijah working on you with certain people? Have you 
all of a sudden start thinking about a person that you're needing to figure out? I mean, have you had anything like that happen for you? I have, I, I am, I think I am very not intuitive that way. <laughs> Lene. <laughs> but it is a promise to me in my patriarchal blessing. So I need to work harder. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, what did you gain from Roots Tech? Because you just went to it this year, right? I did. I love Roots Tech. One thing I gained from Roots Tech was a relative I'm communicating with through Google Translate. She is my Danish cousin from Germany. And wow. she it is so cool. We've texted, we've we we're emailing back and forth now. And she didn't reply for a while. And so I messaged, messaged her back on family search. And, and then she said, okay, I emailed you. And she has had the coronavirus as well as been um, uh, arranging a, a choir that she's in for performances. So... She's and how did busy. you connect with her? Like what, what happened? Roots Tech did the funnest thing this year. They had relatives at Roots Tech, which is the first time they've ever had that. So you go into the Roots Tech screen and there's a list of people on the left that are related to you. I told you I had 23,000. Yes. And started with a first cousin. Most of mine are once removed because my dad was the youngest in the family. And so most of my, the people I knew and associated with were really my, they were, they were the children of my first cousins. So first cousins once removed. Mm -hmm. Um. So um, we had that list and we, I'd contacted a couple of people, but then I got the message on family search from Ann Elizabeth um, and she and I, our great grandparents were brothers, brother and sister on Born Home, a little island in Denmark. And so she has, uh, because of her, I was able to see a current day picture of the church where the people were, they'd been blessed and married and everything else. And so is she uh, a member of our, of the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day no, Saints? No. She said, uh, she thought that all the Mormons left about 1850. Well, She's off because I'm pretty sure my grandma didn't leave till between 1880 and 1900. But, uh, but people who joined the Mormon church weren't welcomed back there. They, that was a terrible thing to do. And the, the church there is a, 
Vulcan church. Anyway, it means it's a, a, a state church. And that's, I guess, how you're taxed too. It's not as though you go in and pay your tithing, you pay your tax. And she said a lot of people are leaving the church there now because they don't want to pay that tax. Wow. Yeah. She said she is an evangelical, but not as rabid as the ones in the United States. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I suspect, of course, she told me that, that they weren't members because none of their family has their work done. So what brought her to the work? She hasn't said that yet. Uh, there's a lot of people who even come into the library who are not members, but who are so deeply involved in wanting to know their history and their, so she's, she was talking about our family stories. She wants to hear more of those. And do you have records of more family stories? Yes, I do. Once I haven't put in family search because I still have trouble putting in multiple page documents. Right. But I have like the life story of my great grandmother who was my great great grandmother who no my great-grandmother, who was her probably great-great-grandfather's sister. Uh, I have her reason for leaving Denmark and how much the church meant her and how um, they have a confirmation they do in their church when they're like 14. And until they pass that test, they can't work. They can't get married. They occasionally were jailed if they didn't pass it. Um, It was very important to them. And she, um, she, so she studied for that. She'd studied the scriptures. And she said when the Mormons came, she found all the things like, um, like uh, prophets, priests, that list that of, positions in the church yes the article of faith she well yeah or in, she, well, in the new testament too yeah mm-hmm. she found those in the mormon church and i really think from the sounds of it she was the one who encouraged her her husband's family to come to utah so and they came over by ship they did. They came over by ship. They came through Ellis Island. Um, I think they were, they came late enough. So they came on a train. Okay. They didn't have a wagon train that, but they came to Brigham city, Utah. So. Wow. And then that's where you kind of grew up with your grandparents along that street and your cousins and everybody that you were related to. Well, Brigham is about 10 miles south of Honeyville. Okay. Um, she came here with her family 
and her her husband, two little boy, two baby boys, and a young girl, all died of uh, the disease you get from water, bad water, I think. Giardia? Anyway. Giardia? No. No. Uh. Uh. Diphtheria? No, I don't know. Maybe like diphtheria, but it wasn't. It doesn't seem like maybe it was. And anyway, how many? My grandma had it too, and so that was she was that was my grandma's mother, and here she was left with two children. So several years later, she heard of a Danish man out in Elwood, which is like three miles west of Honeyville, and they ended up getting married. And he was an older man with mostly grown children. So then she became Grandma Jensen. And uh, there are pictures of her with the older kids. She was close with them too. So mom grew up in Elwood. So grandma grew up in Elwood and married a boy from there. And that's where mom grew up. And then she met my dad from Honeyville and moved to Honeyville. Wow. Did you ever hear your grandmother talk about her testimony? Not in a, yes, she had a testimony. And I remember twice her getting, she was the sweetest, the calmest person. I remember twice she just got furious. And once was, um, we were in California visiting my sister, she and I were, and we went to the Griffin Observatory. Is that the butterflies or the sculptures? No, it's, it's, it is actually a, an observatory of the stars. Okay. And they were telling, they had a big deal about what, the star could have been at the birth of Jesus. Oh, that just infuriated her. How dare they question that? It was just a miracle. And, and my brother-in-law was not um, active. And he told me once that church couldn't be true because one little church couldn't be the only true church. And, And grandma was just stomping around saying he doesn't understand anything. And (laughs) so that was her testimony of this. Yeah. Yeah. So how many hours a week would you say you spend on working on your family history? Oh, I'm really getting lazy now. I've got to read do i would say two or three though two or three hours a week and do you usually go to the library or do you do it at home i do most of it at home okay so what advice i mean so you got called to be a family history consultant back when you you know 20 years ago what advice could you give those of us that like for me I told, I take family names to go do work, temple work. I take them every week and I love it. 
but I don't necessarily sit down. I used to index quite a bit. Um, but mm-hmm. what, what are some words of advice you can give those of us that do care about it, but we're finding a hard way of getting in there. Cause sometimes it can be overwhelming, intimidating. What would you say? Give me some advice. I think if you can figure the stories of the people, if you can, I mean, I know you can go in and you can find a name. In fact, it gives you names on, what's it called? Take a name. Um, I use the take a name app. There's take a name app. And there's also, just a minute, Temple Ordinance is Ready. Oh, yes. Yeah. On Family Search, you can go in and do Ordinance is Ready. But if you're doing that, try and find out a little bit about the people. Like I've been for lots of members of my family, but none have meant as much as Sarah and Mary and Mary because I knew kind of their story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So you get the feeling that that that's that that's your family that the things they went through are the things that made them and, and you're capable of the same kind of things. So, um, there's, um, if you're going, if you're looking and you're not finding people to work on, if you go into your family tree and instead of having it be landscape, go to your fan chart. Uh-huh. And um, if you checked on uh, the last line out in your fan chart, checked on that man, and right at the base of his square, there's a little fan chart, and if you check on that, it moves him right to the middle. Wow, and then it shows you more? Right, it does. And it will show you who has their ordinances done and and who you cannot request and who's in progress and whose work is done. So, um, and and then... You can go from here. If you get this person is in the middle of your fan chart, then if you go up to where fan chart is and change that to descendancy, then it gives you that person and all of their descendants. And I just found out something interesting. This man, um, it only has his children. So nobody has researched the children of this, the grandchildren of this man. Oh, wow. Something Becky Perry used to say was, I'm sure 
that when you're in heaven, you want to have all your grandchildren with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So then there's that, well, you know, that's the thing is my Parley P Pratt is my great, 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 great grandfather. Uh And so as you can imagine, there are tons of ancestors that have been doing their work, but what I have found and I have felt is my mother, you know, my mom, she's from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and her family comes from England and it only goes back so far. It's quite short. And so I noticed that all the work I do with my kids doing baptisms and confirmations and initiatory and the initiatories I do in the endowments, it's literally all my mom's side of the fan. It's, it's the work all the way back there. And I just feel very drawn to it. Yeah. Close to that part of your family. I do. I really do. I've got, um, I have found stories about my English side of the family that has, I don't know if it scared me or (laughs) I don't feel drawn to them the way I do to my Danish ancestors. ancestors. Uh Uh, But this family grew up very poor. I mean, they're at at that time, they were a very poor family and they. The daughters were working in mills and uh, my great, great grandmother uh, ended up marrying um, an engineer. So she married up, Mm. but she had already joined the church, the Mormon church, and they would walk like nine miles every Sunday to go to church she and her mother and her brother and uh, she she made him agree that he would join the church if she married him and then he backed out on that so in fact he to make it seem like he's less of a victim the last time she asked him about it he knocked her down the stairs so she, when she, went, she found out her mother and her brother were going to Utah, she got so upset and she ended up putting on two of everything and uh, going to say goodbye to her mother at the ship and stowing away. She did? <laughs> she, she was did. a stowaway? I was a stowaway. <laughs> oh my gosh. So she never married the guy. She did marry that, but oh, she did. I found out and, and I always kind of rolled my eyes about that because I thought, so did she just travel far enough away that she thought the marriage bond was broken? Broken. <laughs> I, I read that she actually divorced him. <laughs> when she got to you got to the United States? Maybe. Because mm-hmm. she then she married my great grandfather. Oh, wow. <laughs> and her mother, I found her records and all of a sudden the handwriting all looked the same. It was very strange. And um, it, it was listed all of her children, like five of them. 
with her maiden name. And I'm thinking, my goodness, she, you know, the lady of the night, what? No, I found, I found this life story that said she, um, her husband left her and joined the army and she was so mad at him. So whether he, I don't know, she just felt like he was deserting them. So she marched down there and she had his name taken off everything. And we're born, they were married. They, yeah, but. <laughs> so she had his name taken off of all the kids' birth certificates, yeah, uh, everything. Their last name changed back to hers and. Oh my word. And so without that story in there, everybody thinks I thought, although my cousin told me that that is very rude, that of course there are husbands bad enough, so you don't want them near your family, but that isn't where my mind went. <laughs> Do you have any um, siblings or cousins that enjoy this work like you? No. No. In fact, my sisters are really bugging me to go to Denmark because they feel like they won't get the full experience of I'm not there blathering stories in their ears. So <laughs> are you going to do it, Lene? Are you going to go to Denmark? I don't know. Well, we'll see. That one kind of worries me. Oh, I, yeah. I'm 77 now. And yeah just feel like maybe that's something I should have done younger. <laughs> oh, come on. You're never too old. <laughs> okay. So the, the question that I ask everybody at the end of a podcast interview is how do you personally seek light? So how do you seek light, Lene Hyatt? I feel like when I am looking for my ancestors and trying to get their records right and their children in there. One of the, one thing I haven't mentioned that I found at one time was all these records are being put in now. I found a baby who had died. They had the whole family, but they hadn't written down that baby that had died. And I found his record and had him sealed. So that's when I feel the light, but I have noticed if I am not reading my scriptures every day and that, that, that is a real key to how I'm feeling spiritually. Is scripture daily scripture reading? Yeah. Well, Lene, I, your talk was so good. I knew that you worked on family history, but it just, it ignited in my soul, a desire to keep working, to unite families and help people receive their, their, uh, ordinances, um, to make more covenants. And I just want to thank you for taking the time today to talk a little bit about family history and some of your experiences. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. 
I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.